0: You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Family, listen to me. A beautiful life does not just happen. It's built. It takes time, focus, determination to build a beautiful life. We are not here to get used to fear, to get used to doubt, intimidation, but we are here to be led by the Holy Spirit. A person without a vision has no direction. But as a Christian, you have a vision, so you have direction. You have heard what heaven has said about your situation, about your life, about your future, about your destiny. You have a prophetic picture. Hold on to that prophetic picture. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 3. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Listen to this. So search your hearts every day, my brothers and sisters, and make sure that none of you has an evil or unbelief hiding within you. For it will lead you astray and make you unresponsive to the living God. This is the time to encourage each other to never be stubborn or hardened by sin's deceitfulness for we are mingled with the Messiah if we will continue unshaken in this confident assurance from the beginning until the end. Many Christians have lost their confidence. What do I mean when I say confidence? When you got saved, when you got born again, you knew that Jesus had washed away all your sins. That you were a new creation in Christ Jesus. But after a while, your focus was not on the cross anymore. Your focus was not on the cross, but on your situation and circumstance. These things started influencing you more than the word of God. And you've lost your confidence in your thinking, can God still do it? will God still do it? Is God prepared to help me? Whereas the Bible says, when you are in Christ, when you're a new creation, Paul says in the book of Corinthians, he says, all the old things have passed away and you've become new. When you've become new, there's a confidence on the inside knowing that God is in control. A matter of fact, It's that sense, that awareness of God's righteousness in your life that gives you confidence. He who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's time for us as Christians, once again, to be confident and to trust God's word. Doesn't matter what situation you are facing. Make a decision to believe God's word. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were confident in God's word. They said, O king, whether our God delivers us or not, he's our deliverer. Our confidence is in God. We know who God is. We're not changing our confession about God. Our situation that we are facing will not change our confession. We are holding on to our God. Family, this morning, make a decision to renew your union with God. Renew your union with Christ. And let that confidence be restored in your heart, knowing that God is busy perfecting everything concerning you. God is more committed to your future than what you are. He holds your life in His hands. As a Christian, you know God is in control of your life. Even when you face a challenge or a difficulty, God is busy with you. Amen? Daniel was not shaken by the report that he could be thrown into the lion's den if he continues to serve God. The Bible says, three times that day, as was his custom, he said, thank you. I wonder what he thanked God for. Thank you, Lord, for lions. Thank you, Lord, that you're in control of my life. No, he didn't pray a special prayer. The Bible says his custom was to thank God. Thank you, Lord, that you're in control of my life. Thank you, Lord, that you are leading and guiding me. Thank you, Lord, that you hold the king's heart in your hand. A David on the battlefield... And Moses, all these men never allowed their situation and their circumstances to dictate their confession. They'd made a decision to hold on to God and what God had said about them. Sometimes we go astray. God gives us clear direction and instruction about our lives. And we want to move in this direction or that direction remember i said a beautiful life does not just happen you have to build it listen to what the bible says in proverbs 24 verse 3 i'm reading from uh, the passion translation wise people are builders are you breaking down the whole time in our communication we can either build up or break down in our relationships we can either build them up or break them down wise people are builders they build families They build businesses. They build communities. And through intelligence and insight, their enterprises are established and endure. Because of their skilled leadership, the hearts of people are filled with treasures of wisdom and the pleasures of spiritual wealth. Wisdom can make anyone into a mighty warrior. And revelation knowledge increases strength. Wise strategy is necessary to wage war. And with many astute advisors, you'll see the path to victory more clearly. Wisdom can make anyone into a mighty warrior. The Bible says the race is not unto the swift. The battle is not unto the strong. Opportunity and chance is something that God gives and brings to everyone. Amen? Use wisdom in all your affairs God wants to help you. God wants to take you from where you are right now to where he wants you to be. Sometimes when we go a bit astray, God will bring correction in your life. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't fear correction. Family, remember, as a Christian, the first place where you are to prosper is in your spiritual life. So if you linked up with God and you're a son of God, guess what? Part of your training is correction. Have you ever heard a parent say, don't discipline my children, I'll discipline them. No, you know your child the best. That's why you say, I will discipline my child. Because you know that child. God is exactly the same. If God is bringing correction in your life, You don't have to fear. It's part of your training. Today when correction comes, we fear. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Correction is part of training. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't fear correction. It's part of your training. It's one of the things I was meditating upon when I was away now. That we have to bring correction. But correction is not there for you to experience rejection. Correction means that you're a son of God. When God disciplines us and brings correction, it means you're a son of God. It's nothing to fear. You should say, thank you, Jesus that you're helping me and that you're correcting me. I see some of you are doubting. Let me just read something for you. Turn with me to Hebrews 12 verse 5. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as his children? He said, my child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the lord your god or get depressed when he has to correct you for the lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love and when he draws you to himself it proves you are his delightful child fully embrace god's correction as part of your training for is doing what any loving father does for his children For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? We all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we are strangers and not sons. Wow. The mere fact that God is giving you instruction and correction is no reason to get depressed. It's a time to say, thank you, Jesus. It's time to change our attitude to see a loving father helping us. Because all of us miss it. Anybody here, you've not made a mistake? Anybody perfect? Turn to your neighbor and say, everybody makes mistakes. Sometimes we do things and we think it's perfect, it's good. But we're doing the wrong thing and we need correction. I want to encourage you this morning as a son of God. If you've not received correction, your sonship becomes questionable. Hebrews 12, are you there? Verse 7. Old school scholar, this reading the King James. Listen to what the King James says If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, of all are partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. Can you see the seriousness? You want God to discipline you, to lead you, to train you to do things better. Anybody that's training for a gold medal is going to put in extra time when it comes to training. Their muscles are going to be hurting more than anybody else. Do they complain the next morning? Do they have depression? No, they say, thank you, Jesus, that those muscles are hurting. I know I did the exercises right the previous day. Help me now, Jesus, that these muscles can feel better very quickly. Amen. Training is very important. Discipline is very important. We should not despise or reject God's discipline in any way. Because it's life. It changes our lives. Listen what the Bible says in Psalm 141 verse 4. Guide me away from temptation and doing evil. Save me from sinful habits and from keeping company with those who are experts in evil. Help me not to share in their sin in any way. Family, sometimes you don't sin, but you're a partaker of somebody's sin. You're just as guilty. If you say it's okay for somebody to do something, you become a partaker of that sin. Don't do that. Amen? Help me not to share in their sin in any way. When one of your godly lovers corrects me, or one of your faithful ones rebukes me, I will accept it like an honor. I cannot refuse. It will be as healing medicine that I swallow without an offended heart. For even if they are mistaken, I will continue to pray. It says, let the righteous strike me. It shall be kindness. Let him rebuke me. It will be as excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it. If you have the New King James translation. You know what it's saying there? Let me drink it like medicine without my heart being offended. Remember when you were a little child or your own children, when you give them medicine, they're offended with you because you're not giving them something sweet. You're giving them something bitter. And they get upset with you. Why are you feeding me this, mommy? But you know what they are drinking is good for them. It's healthy for them. And here the psalmist is saying, Lord, help me that I can drink that medicine that will change my life and bring healing in my life without being offended. When somebody has taken the word of God to heart, you can see it immediately. But if they don't take it to heart, you can also see it immediately. When you say, forgive your brother that has wronged you, say, no. Kevin comes, he says, go make right with Simon. When I come to church, I see Simon. Do you think nobody sees it, but everybody sees it. Am I talking to the right people here? Hmm? You see the person that you're offended with is sitting on this side of the church. You say, okay, now I feel led today to sit on this side. (laughs) When correction comes, See it as training. You know what is the training in a case like that? I have to train my heart to be quick to forgive my brother. I have to train my heart not to keep a grudge. I have to train my heart to keep it soft towards my brother. Now if I keep my heart hard, I'm planting those kinds of seeds. Guess what will happen in the future? People's hearts will be hard towards me. I think, why are people behaving like this? There's no reason. No, there's a reason. The seed that I'm planting here, because I'm angry with him, will affect other relationships as well. Many people today are not advancing in life because they rather choose to believe what they are feeling or they choose to meditate more on their past or they believe more that the things that happened in their past than what they believe the word of God about their future. but you're a new creation in Christ Jesus and you're in God's hands, your past is over. Don't meditate upon your past. Meditate upon your good future. Listen what the Bible says, Romans 8 verse 31. So what does all this mean? If God is determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them, not guilty. What a wonderful life if you can live without guilt and condemnation. That's the life that God has predestined for you. God has said not guilty. All their guilt, all their shame, all their sin, all their wrongs, all their mistakes. Jesus has placed it upon himself. You meditating upon those things are the very thing influencing your prayers. Now everybody's very quiet. 1 John 3. You don't have to argue with me. You can argue with the word of God. Amen. Is that okay? We see through your actions if you believe. Faith without works is dead. 1 John 3 verse 18. Let me read it. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and know all things, beloved. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. It's a confidence issue. When you got born again, you believe your sins were taken away. You had confidence, you'd ask Jesus for anything. You get at work, and they say, we have a crisis here. Before you do, you say, let's pray. Let's pray. Now you've walked with God. You're starting to meditate upon those things of the past. Your confidence is gone. You say, I'm going to be a good Christian this week. And in that week, you have the biggest fight with your spouse ever. And you get in the car, and you come to work, and they say, ah, oh, you must a Christian. Come pray quickly, we need your help. You're thinking, oh my God. (laughs) And you think, oh God, how can you forgive? You're probably remembering all my sins you have forgiven before. Just because of this fight. Because we are like that. When we forgive somebody, we forgive them and we forget until we have a fight with them again. Then we tell them, you always. You every time. You never. Am I talking to the right people here? And your heart condemns you. And you say, I'm not going to pray anymore because I know God cannot listen to me. I'm such a big sinner. And you forget the most important thing about you is not that you are a sinner, but that you're a son of God. That you're made in his image and likeness and that you are the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. Anybody got an Amplified Bible here? Romans 8. Listen what it says. Verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that is, overcome sin and remove its penalty, its power being weakened by the flesh, man's nature without the Holy Spirit, God did. He sent his own son in the likeness of sinful man as an offering for sin. And he condemned sin in the flesh, subdued it, overcame it in the person of his own son. So that the righteousness, is this a newer version? The old version said, all who accept the sacrifice. Condemned, sin in the flesh, subdued, overcame, deprived it of its power. Over all who accept that sacrifice. What does that mean? It says Jesus came and died. He ruled over sin. Subdued it. Dealt with it. Completely. This new life in the spirit is for those who accept the sacrifice. That Jesus paid the price in full. So when your heart condemns yourself, 1 John 3, when you are praying and your heart condemns you, ah, you had a fight. You did that wrong again. You did that wrong. And your heart condemns you and you think, I cannot ask God anything he says, don't look to your past. Don't look to your mistake. It's now time to look to Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of your faith. And put your trust because that's where the price is paid. And you can pray with confidence because your trust, your confidence is not in yourself. But in anyway, what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Then you can say, I know. I don't have a spirit of fear. I have a spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind. If I make a mistake, I go to Jesus and I say, Sorry, you're my advocate. You're the one representing me. He says, if your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. Whatever condemnation you feel, God is greater than that. He who knew no sin became sin. And you don't look at yourself. You look jesus now you have confidence now you can say when my god is for me who can be against me now you can start to confess i have life and life in abundance and you'll see god will do it because now you believe it with your heart and you're confessing it with your mouth now you're being led with the holy spirit and the holy spirit will even show you what to do when you find yourself in a difficult situation he'll give you wisdom When God gives you wisdom, anybody can become a mighty warrior. Then God will show you, do I fight now or do I move around? Remember David, God has anointed him as king. Saul wants to kill him. 1 Samuel 27. You can go read it. David said, you know what? Saul wants to kill me the whole time. Let me just move away and go and be in the land of the Philistines. And he'll leave me alone, there'll be peace. I can take these men with me, and they'll be fine. And when he did that, Saul left him alone. He was still king, but it was a battle God fought for him. God gave him wisdom what to do. Amen? Don't every time want to fight everybody. Sometimes God will just say you, just move away, just leave it. With your God, You can storm a troop with your God, you jump over a wall. Sometimes when you want to run towards a wall and you think, I must run through it, the wall's going to hurt you. Amen? Sometimes you just jump over the wall. Don't try and run through the wall. Some of you have been running into walls enough. Let me see your hand. And you're saying, God said, I must go this way. I'm going this way. And you, no, just jump over the wall. Amen? (laughs) Amen? The most important thing of any Christian is peace of conscience. To have peace in your situation. Family, for God's word to fail you, God must fail. It was Daniel, Daniel 6, when the king made a decree where confidence in God opened the windows three times that day and prayed. And gave God thanks. It was that very king who said, May the God whom you serve continually deliver you. Family, we need God. But we don't always realize how much we need him. We need God in everything. It was that very king that was the one praying and fasting for him. You don't hear Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego praying and fasting for Daniel. They had confidence in God. They knew God would be the deliverer. They had so much confidence. They said in chapter 3, whether our God delivers us or not, He's our deliverer. Said, oh Daniel, you're facing a lion. Oh, that's okay. We had fire. Three chapters before that, we had fire and they made it three times hotter. You've got a few lions. It's okay. Go on your normal schedule of just praying and thanking God. Moses leading God's people, and they are murmuring and complaining. Moses was silent, but his faith was not silent. God said to him, stop crying out to me. But if you read there, you don't see Moses crying out to God anywhere. But it was a cry from his heart, confidence in his God that will hear him, because faith comes from our hearts. It was a silent cry, but God heard that cry. And he said, be still. I will fight for you today. It will be a sign not only for you, Moses, but for the whole congregation. If they see what I'm going to do today, as I'm with you, it will impart faith to them and they'll know that they are in my strong hands. I'm in control of their lives. I've said, go to the promised land. Even if you see the Egyptians following you from behind, even though it feels like you're trapped between the mountains and there's water in front of you, no way out. Know that I've said, go this way. Keep your confidence in me. Even if I have to open up the waters, I'm going to lead you through. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Make a decision today. To put your confidence in God's word. To believe God's word more than anything else. Meditate upon the things from above, not the things from the past. God never looks or consults your past in determining your good future. The devil looks at your past. The devil wants to remind you of your mistakes and your failures. God is looking at your good future. He holds your future in his hands. You are in God's strong hands. Moses said to God, I have confidence in you, God. I need your Holy Spirit. And I know I need him, Lord. I'm not moving one step unless you've gone before me, Lord. You can know that God has gone before you, that God has made a way. Where you are going, God is waiting for you. He holds your future in his hands. Have confidence in the good things that God has planned for you. If your heart wants to condemn you about mistakes, God is greater than our hearts. Jesus has paid the price on the cross. Don't look at the mistakes that you've made. Look to Jesus, where He paid for all our mistakes. And you'll have confidence in your prayer life, and you'll know God will answer your prayers, and He will see you through. See you later. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.